Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Beating Drum is the premier Native American radio show in America that is preserving positive Native American imagery in sports and mainstream. With your hosts, Farmer and B. Evans, call in at 646-668-8467. At Midwest IT Support Help Desk, We believe that technology should support and enhance your organization's success, not constrain it. With our wide range of best-in-class services, we provide customized solutions that fit your unique IT needs. We are committed to excelling at our job so you can focus on doing yours. Midwest IT Support Help Desk is always available. Providing your organization with professional remote help desk support services you need, Midwest IT Support Help Desk will solve your technology issues day or night. Our IT staff ensures that your networking computers are up to date and ready for operation on a daily basis. Don't wait until problems occur. Let our organization solve them with our monitoring software, giving you the peace of mind you need. Let us do the worrying for you. Enabling your workforce with top-notch technologies isn't just important, but imperative for business success. This customizable solution allows your team to work seamlessly and collaboratively in a protected space. No matter what IT services you need, Midwest IT Support Help Desk will be there to support you every step of the way. Midwest IT Support Help Desk. We are committed to excelling at our job so you can focus on doing yours. Please visit www.midwestitsupport.com for more information. Or shoot us an email at helpdesk at midwestitsupport.com. Give us a call, 765-239-9668. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of The Beating Drum right here on RadioAFS.com, Fat Boy Media, DRCP Army. I am your host for the day, B. Evans or Brian, as you'd like to know me. And uh, Farmer's not with us today, but with us today is Bob. And if you've listened before, you know who Bob is. Bob, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you doing tonight? I'm well, thanks. It is a beautiful day. The weather's really nice today. And uh, went down and shot some pool for a little bit with some uh, friends from the uh, American Legion and the VFW. So it's it's been a pretty nice day. Well, that sounds like a fun afternoon. Yeah, we're up here in the uh, outside our studios here in the Northeast, up in Boston. We are facing some tremendous winds and storms and surges of uh, high tides, just on epic levels. So we're uh, we're in. I'm not going to say lockdown up here because we don't back down. We're from Boston, so uh, yeah, it's been a challenge. Yeah, I'd say so. Um... I, I've seen some of I've, I've seen some of the news coverage. I I know the weather's pretty bad up there. So yeah, and then you were telling me you know weather's it's crazy. So 
man, stay safe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're all good. You know, I have some friends with beachfront property in New Hampshire, and, and, and the waves that should be 100 feet away are rolling by the house. So that gets a little scary. But uh, everyone's uh, – I haven't heard of any fatalities, so let's let's put it that way. Well, that's, so that, that's, that's always a good thing. So I'm excited for tonight's show, B. Um, you know, we got a lot going on. And, uh, you know, in tonight's show, there's a few things we want to talk about. We want to talk about suicide issues on the reservations, and there's a great video by a basketball team that I want to talk about. And the Fighting Sioux, University of North Dakota, they're still selling gear. You know, it's, so we're going we're gonna to talk about that. There's a bunch of issues with, with that. There's also a school in Ohio and in Maryland that hopefully we can discuss later on that are uh, facing losing their icon and their, their moniker and name. But uh, oh, most, most important, tonight we have uh, our inaugural issue, uh, I'm sorry, our inaugural um, segment on education. You know, we always say we're about education, not eradication. Well, tonight we have two fantastic callers. <clears throat> they're going to be, uh, be with us, and they're going to give us a history lesson. That's pretty exciting. I can't wait for that. You know, I was gonna bring, I was gonna say something about that too. I'm I'm excited for that. You know, it's uh, farmer unfortunately not being here, but you've got B Evans and Bob, and we're we're doing something different. We're gonna try and bring something a little different to the show. You know, we're always talking. We we always every single episode, every single week. How many times? Can you count that we have said educate, not eradicate? Those are words that we live by here on the beating drum. And to be able to take that opportunity and bring something new to the show and be able to bring a, an educational moment for you guys to listen to and to learn something new that you've never known before or maybe knew but didn't know all the details or, you know, kind of like the telephone game where every time the story gets passed down, something always changes. But you'll get to hear it right here tonight, something factual about history, and it's going to be great. I'm really excited to get into it. And I believe, Bob, that you had uh, – what was it you called? The Ambassadors of Education, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I... – it popped into my head today. It just sounded right, and uh, they're waiting in the wings. We have them on hold. Do you want awesome. to uh, do you want yes. to talk about a couple other things real quick first, or do you want to bring them right on? Well, I want to jump right into it. I'm really excited. Like I was just saying, I'm really excited to get into this. But before I do that, I do want to make sure everybody out there knows, if you guys have not done so yet – Make sure you guys give us a like, follow on social media. We're on Facebook. You guys can find us on Twitter. We are there. Go to the Beating Drum radio page on Facebook. You can see us, or radio show on there. We are there. Give us a like. Give us a follow. You can follow all the notifications of all the articles and, and information that we post, and you guys can keep up on the weekly posts of the shows, and that way you guys can never miss a beat. Um, also, I wanted to say if – you know, at some point tonight, you guys got something that you want to you want to say. Feel free to do so. Keep in mind, every phone call that comes in here is 
completely confidential. You don't even have to give your name and uh, feel, you know, let your voice be heard. And to do that, you call in 646-668-8467. Now, Bob, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm ready. This is something new, you know, and I I love do it, diving into new things and and you know, you, you got to learn to swim, right? So let's Yeah, get I got, into I it, got sir. my water wings on, believe me. Every week I have my water wings on. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, the, these uh, these guests guests uh, that we're going to have on tonight are fairly close to what we were just talking about with the fighting Sioux, and uh, I don't want to give up. I don't want to lead up to the surprise and have people guess who our speakers are going to be. But uh, as long as we're on the subject, real quick, you know, can you give me uh, give me forty five seconds of your thoughts behind? North Dakota University selling uh, fighting Sioux gear, although they wanted they divorced themselves from the name. Well, I I think it's compl- I think it's completely ridiculous. It's all about money. That that goes to show right there. It's all about the money in the world. Um, you know, you 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 want to sit here and you argue the fact that. Okay, we can't have this. We can't have this name. We can't have this image. It's it's racist. It's derogatory. It's demeaning, and it's flat, right, downright unacceptable. And so we have to get rid of it. Get rid of it. Eradicate it. Be gone with it. But everything that's making us money will keep. And that makes no sense to me because. If you are going to have one thing, then why – if you want one thing and you get your way with one thing, how is it okay to go ahead and keep the other thing? Regardless if that other uh, that other thing is making you money or not, you are nothing but a hypocrite at that point. So therefore, how can I even believe anything you say? If I didn't know any better, I didn't know how to feel about it. And, and people are so persuaded, being able to be so persuaded anymore. If somebody come down, the, you know, walking down the street one day and wanted to talk to me about, you know, oh, Native American imagery in sports is is racist and demeaning and stuff. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you a few minutes of my time. Go on, please explain. And then the, you go on and on and on, but then you're selling shirts with the Washington Redskins logo on it. Okay, so there's my problem there. Um, well, I don't understand. If this is racist and demeaning, then how are you going to go and sell this Native American image on a shirt because it's making a dollar? So they're nothing but Yeah, you're right. It's a complete hypocrisy. You know, they want their cake and they want to eat it too, and it's just not right. You can't um, – it's just like they're just taking advantage of what they know worked in the past, but they wanted to – I don't know. I guess maybe they wanted to remove the name to appease a fraction of people that thought it was uh, something negative. Yeah, I, I'm just it. I know I've said it many times here before, but it, it's sickening. You know, yeah. all for all for a dollar. That's that's all it is. And if it wasn't making any money. It would be gone. The, the the merchandise, if it wasn't selling, it'd be gone just as well. But that merchandise is always going to sell. 
because that's right. the only thing that they have to hang on to now. So right. it, it's always going to sell. It's, it's like me going and buying. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, the oh, university they enrollment. They've lost all kinds of things. And if they were smart, they would honor the agreement they made and they bring back the Fighting Sioux logo and name and move forward and, and have a little courage to do the right thing. Oh, absolutely. But it's – and like I said, it's all about the American dollar, you know, and, and that's that's really the only thing that has any kind of value anymore. Like, you know, you look at how many people have you known in your life that, you know, their word was – was gold their word was their bond and you can't even take people's word anymore you know it's all about what's going to make me the quick buck and if it doesn't have money involved it's it's non-negotiable anymore and that's exactly what we see but it excites me to talk about this because of the fact that we are going to have to bring on our guests our ambassadors of education Bob, you said it. They're very close to this situation right here that we're speaking about, and I'm excited. And I know you're excited. I'm extremely excited. I think this is a portion of the show that I've been dreaming about for a long time. <laughs> I'm glad that I've been given the green light to bring it on. And so without any further ado, I'd like to introduce Eunice and Dave Davidson to the show, our initial, our inaugural ambassadors on education Hey, Eunice and Dave, how are you tonight? We're doing we're doing good. You are way too kind. <laughs> we're just <laughs> Eunice and Dave. <laughs> but anyway, well, hello. Yes, my name is Eunice Davidson, and my yeah, this is Dave. And you'll have to excuse me. I'm eating an ice cream cone right now. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, yeah. I say I'm excited to be on. Um, try and answer any questions or talk about whatever you guys would like to talk about. Oh, most definitely, and thank you for coming on to the beating drum with us. It's a pleasure to have you on. Yes, thank you for having us on. We look forward to it. If I can say something, what you were just talking about, money. Yeah, the, they're selling a little bit of former Sioux gear now, but it's not about money because the university, since they got rid of the name, they spent a lot of money to get rid of it, and now they can't make any money. It's going downhill fast. So, I mean, it's not about money because they, they forfeited the glory just to get rid of the name, and we can only wonder why it was the university that got rid of the name, not the NCAA as much as the university. Mm. Yeah, you know, I think... Uh... You know, they own the trademark rights to it. <clears throat> they don't want to give that up to anybody because they know if anybody, they give that up, people will start selling it. They already are, but they will sell it, you know, and they, they will make, everybody will profit off that. The Sioux name isn't going to go away anytime soon. Believe me, it's not. And um, as far as them selling this few, they were selling a few T-shirts, from what I understand, about $33 a T-shirt. But they only do that just purposely just to be hateful I think you know and uh, yeah it's, yeah they they really made a mess of this whole issue 
And the yeah. whole reason is, you know, they just did not listen to the the majority of people in North Dakota who wanted to keep the Sioux name. It's been a tradition there for 80-plus years. In 1969, our elders from Spirit Lake and Standing Rock went to university, did a naming ceremony, gave the name to the university to use forever and the name to in exchange for education. And, you know, when they did that, the university became... Uh, world-renowned because they had so many Native American um, studies there, you know, in, in medicine, law, everything, and uh, scholarships. And it was it was so wonderful for the Native Americans to have a place to go. My grandmother, she passed away in 1999. She was a huge supporter of education. Uh, when I was back in the 90s, I worked as a secretary at the, at our school, Four Winds School, and I would, you know, stop in and visit with her and have coffee. And she told me one time, she said, you know, she said, I want to tell you, she said, always keep good relationships with the University of North Dakota. She said, we worked hard to establish programs for our people. She said, years ago, she said, we used to, we used to live off the... The buffalo, you know, she said Tatanka, which means buffalo, you know, huge or powerful or whatever. But anyway, she said, that was our money. She said, now today we, the only way we're going to be able to feed our people is for money. That's through education. We have to educate ourselves to keep up with the white world. She said, we have to learn how to do their thing, their, their way now. So she said, always have good relationships with the university. And she, she knew that. I mean, our elders were wise. They knew things were changing for us. Maybe not the way we loved, we wanted them to, but they were changing and we had to keep up with the time. So, yeah, the university, whatever it was, we we, we kind of have an idea. You know, it was a few, and like you said, money in the background that were the ones that were fighting to get rid of the name for whatever reason. I, You know, I don't know. I can only speculate and think, you know, maybe there was racism, prejudice, who knows. But, you know, they got they got the NCA to go along with them. And boy, did they ever. And uh, the NCA was even going to come here back in 2011 when we were gonna, supposed to meet with them. And all of a sudden they decided they weren't going to come here to, to Bismarck because we wanted to have a seat at the table. And they didn't want us there. They didn't want the Indians there. So then when they decided they were going to meet them in Indiana, um, we even, our tribal chair at the time, he wrote a letter to, to have a seat at the table. He supported the Sioux name. And they, they no, they would. They told him, no, that they, they, they were going to work with the university officials, with the North Dakota state officials. And, you know, I heard from one guy who was there who said it was just it was just all a setup when they went there. They already had it done and over and finished with just like that. Even our governor back then didn't even try to fight or stand up for for us, you know, for the Sioux tribe. And even though he knew one tribe even voted for it, our, our tribe, we voted 67% in the largest turnover turnout to vote ever, and it was because of the Sioux name. You know, it was very big. Back at that time in 2009, it was really a big controversy going on in North Dakota. And when um, our tribe voted for it, people, everybody was so surprised because they were led to believe by the media and the university that the Sioux people didn't want the name. And when we had that vote on Spirit Lake, and it came back 67% and the biggest 
turnout ever. People were very surprised. You know, and yeah, it's too bad. And then Standing Rock, their their tribal leadership didn't allow them a vote. They didn't even allow them to talk about it. And you know, even though Archie Fulberry worked so hard with a, on a petition to get it to the tribal council to to let them have a vote on it, to have a say on it, he went out and they got thousand four signatures, which was way more than what they needed to have to have a say on the issue. They just didn't even disregarded the petition. Told that no, they weren't going to talk about it, and they basically threw it out. So you yeah. know, we've always said, we've always said, since when does one tribe? You know, the the state board made this agreement with the NCAA and said two tribes have to have a they they have to have a vote on it. Well, Spirit Lake had a vote. We voted, you know, the, to to save it. Sandy Rock didn't have a chance to vote. They didn't have a vote. Since when does a non-vote cancel out a vote? In this day and age, so <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I have the luxury of uh, owning a an autographed copy of your book, and um, this seems to have been a lot of underhanded backdoor politics going on at the time, and it's just so wrong. It's wrong on oh. every level. It is, you know, it really is. I just, you know, I, I went through every everything in that book I wrote about. I, I was there, and I witnessed and seen right before me. I just could not believe how we were totally being just pushed over to the side. No, nope, nothing, even through the courts. It was so sad. It, I, I, my heart was so broke with the days that uh, the Supreme Court, North Dakota Supreme Court, ruled in favor of the State Board of Higher Ed, and boom, just like that, they retired it. It yeah, was, you know, I, I'm sorry that that all happened. Um, you know, I know it's kind of coincidence that we're, we spoke tonight early about having um, them selling uh, fighting Sioux gear or whatever. Is, uh, it, it, what topic, do you have another topic or that you'd like to talk about history-wise? Uh, well, we were thinking about, well, I'll let David say a few words. I don't want to hog the whole radio show. <laughs> yeah, right. Native well, Dave, will Dave take the rest of the radio show time up? Because I know I've I've spoken to Dave in the past, and he is well spoken. So we will just let him take over. That's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to take over, but I wanted to say there is so much glorious history that Native Americans have. Why do they have to focus on all of the? the negatives, however it came out. And, I mean, the glorious history, they they didn't just lay down because the the white man was coming, oh, okay, well, we'll give you everything because you're going to take it, so don't hurt. That's not what happened. They fought like hell to keep everything. And they were glorious warriors in that. And when we... We're working on the fighting Sioux issue. We went to one of the presentations that the opposition put on. And they just had, oh, you poor pitiful things. You come from these poor pitiful people that, that, I mean, who in the hell has any pride if you're told you're nothing but a victim? The ones that are doing this, this campaign to get rid of, Everything they're getting rid of the Native American history, the glorious history. They don't even want to talk about it because it doesn't fit their narrative. But 
for these young young Indian children to know how how their ancestors were. I mean, the, it it just just beyond words. Like well, Dave, I, I think the, you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right, and I, and that's part of the reason I I tried to develop this segment is because maybe they don't know. Maybe they're uneducated in their own history. Therefore, they have no pride. And, you know, if we don't instill pride, you have to have history to have that pride. And if we don't give, if I can't learn about it, nobody can learn about it. And this is why, you know, we want to promote education. And, and I think you hit the nail squarely on the head with, what, with your uh, well, let me give Let me give you an example. In 1863, they have what they call the Battle of Big Mound here in North Dakota. And what it turned out, the Sioux were out hunting buffalo and preparing for the winter. And General Sibley, who, 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 oh, the history there, anyway, he comes with, I think it was 2,800 well-armed troops with a few cannons and the rifles and all of this. And he comes upon this the Sioux people that are out hunting. And you count the men, women, and children involved, there's about 3,000 of them. And he's got 2,800 soldiers. And a battle ensues. Well, there's probably only about maybe 200 actual warriors that are able to fight in that. I mean, there's old ones, there's young ones. There's, but anyway, the warriors, for three days, three days, these 150, 200 Indian warriors, they hold back General Sibley, keep doing guerrilla warfare, striking at him, and then they'd run, and then they'd strike at him. And all they got is bow and arrows. But they did this so the rest of the people could escape. They held them back for three days in going over about a 20-mile stretch. But that, they're sacrificing themselves for their people. That's not a victim. That is something, the pride that, that you'd have to have to know that this is what your ancestors are capable of. They fought like hell to save their people, save their race, save everything. And Back in the day when they used to go into battle, the the Indian warriors, they'd say, hey. that meant whatever the day was going to bring. But when they went into battle, they went in there with pride. And if they died, they they were going to be happy that they died going into battle. They, they, it was a good day to die. So, yeah, you know, that that history is being lost for whatever reason that needs to be told, you know. That needs to be told to our kids constantly because they, they need to understand they are not victims. Not like, not like they're making them out today. Today, it's really sad. I was kind of going over the Beating Drums Facebook page, and I was reading some of the stories you had on there today, and I've seen all the suicide articles that you have, and that's just, it's so sad to read about that. You know, the one in Montana, that young man that was 16 years old, and then uh, we have a young we have a young man that's that's living with us. He didn't really have a place to stay. And he's he's been staying with our family since he was about fifteen, sixteen years old. 
and he was heading for work. He worked at Taco John's, and uh, I asked him, I said, come here, I said, I said, look at this, and he said, well, what's that? And I said, well, I said, it's about suicide, and he said, I said, do you ever feel like that? And he said, yeah, I said, I feel like that all the time, and I said, what? I said, you better t- start talking to us, and he said, well, so I wouldn't do it, Grandma, he said, because he said, I said, I know I would hurt everybody, so I, he said, I wouldn't do it. And I said, God, I hope not. And I said, why would you, why would you guys, why do you want to commit suicide like that? And he said, well, I don't. He said, but he said, I'm going to show you something. And he showed me this um, video on YouTube. I was on my computer. And he said, I'm going to show you. And he brought up this YouTube video. The, the guy singing, his name is Logic, I think. And he was singing about, um, oh, uh, I guess last year it was in the MTV Awards or something like that. And he was singing about suicide. He was singing about all the problems that the kids have nowadays. So after he was, after our boy left for work, I was reading all the the comments, you know, as you go on down on, on that video. And every one of them were talking about being gay or gender differences. And I just thought, I wonder what the heck is going on. Why would they... Why is that such a big thing? But that's what the song was about, and everybody was resonating to it. So, you know, times have really changed from when I was a young kid. Um, I uh, I don't know, but like Dave says, you know, the history and Native Americans, you know, every one of our cultures, we all have a history, whether it's good or bad, whether we like it or not. But I know every one of our cultures, we're not victims. We're not all of us fought like hell to survive no matter who we are. So, you know, but Native Americans, we really battle. I heard one of my uncles say, you know, he said, my girl, he said, we're the only people to fight the United States government, (laughs) which we did, you know. We had battles all over the place. And we we didn't back down. And like I said, when our warriors went into war, they went in and they would say, hey, it's a good day to die. It was an honor if you died in a war, you know. Well, they were honored because they knew they were. It was the right fight for the right, right reason. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you talk about the suicide uh, issue, and I don't know what state this is, so forgive me. But the Arley Warriors basketball team created a video. About, yeah, I've seen that. And, and you know, it's a great message. And when I watched it, to me, it made me feel comfortable that if I was having those feelings, I could actually go to any one of those players individually or as a team and talk mm-hmm. out my problem and feel better about myself. And, you know, kudos to them for doing it. It There was obviously a lot of thought put into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, this video, I've tried to share it as many places as I could because, you know, suicide is a problem with Native Americans, but it's it's a problem everywhere as well. And their message is so uh, the message is so great that you know everybody who's having these feelings should watch this and get help and just reach out to a friend, a colleague, or anyone. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of the players for doing that. That 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 took a lot of guts. Took a lot of pride. yeah. I really I really admired those boys for getting up and doing that video. And like you said, made you feel a little. A little, um, how can you say, comfortable or at ease, knowing that they probably would sit down and talk with you or listen to you. You know, a lot of times that's all you need is someone to listen to you. You know, that's right. 
That's right. And I think, yeah. On today, it's just not fair. But uh, and you and usually you can separate, and I don't want to categorize people, but jocks and everyone else are usually different people per se, because of mm-hmm. uh, hanging around with. So for these students to go out, these players to go out and do this and make everyone else feel comfortable around them is really showing that they have pride in their community, and, and that's right. that's a fantastic thing. Yeah, they really show some leadership quality when they're doing that. Yeah, it's yeah, I don't I don't know what to say, what's going on with the suicide, you know, um, although even my own father, he committed suicide when he was 43 years old. But he'd had a lot of problems with alcohol and, you know, he didn't have a very good life. And I, I wished he wouldn't have ended it that way. But, yeah, you often wondered why they did that. But all I can say is, you know, they, they must be in a lot of pain, feel a lot of pain to do something like that. Well, yeah, I, I want to share with you that at one point in my life, was, we were into alcoholism quite a bit, quite heavy. But I was suicidal. And the thing was, I didn't want to die, but I didn't know how to let anybody know how much I hurt inside. And that, that I tried when I'd get drunk... I would try to commit suicide, but it was my lifestyle that did it, that made me so miserable, and my whole world, and I, I was in in my 40s then, so it says quite a few years ago, <laughs> but that's what I see so much of, finding a a permanent solution for a temporary problem, and just... It was the only way I could think of to let everybody know how much I hurt. And I'm sure that these kids feel something inside that is making them feel most of them. But we have suicide packs now and clubs. My God, what what is happening to our world? We're dividing everybody, putting them in little boxes. This is this one, this is this one, this is... And we're dividing and creating so much hate in this world today that uh, I don't know. I'm off the subject there, but but that's that's something that I just wonder how many of these kids were just trying to show their parents or their loved ones that they hurt and just didn't know how to talk about it. Yeah, I think sometimes, Dave, it ha- also has to do with you know, with with both parents working or a home, a broken home, sometimes the parents just physically aren't there to interact. And if there's no interaction, it's obviously separation. So then you have no openness. You have no conversation. You have absolutely no communication. So how how else can you communicate if, if you're not there, you have to be face-to-face. Yeah. Trust, if you don't have trust. And trust is something that must be built. And with the world the way it is today at such a fast pace, so many parents don't have time to sit with their kids, so the kids don't even trust them. Right. Right. And, and, and How do you turn it around? 
I don't mm-hmm. understand how I don't understand how this world has become what it is, but I also don't know how to fix it. I have two kids, one's 20, one's 14. We try to communicate with them as much as we can. We are a full working family, but um, as much time as we can absolutely have face-to-face and talk about issues, and we try to. And I think that's part of what this world is missing today. Oh, it's a large part. I can remember when we were growing up on a farm where I met my wife at, Matt. But Sundays we'd sit down for a big dinner, and in the evenings we'd have coffee, listen to the radio, and then talk. That was before the TVs. (laughs) But TVs have really interfered with the communicating skills and now you got these cell phones and texts and Facebook and everything. So, yeah. You just no communication face to face. But the, the trust, how do you how do you get that trust there? And that's what you're talking about with your kids. That that builds the trust. It's no guarantees of anything, but it lessens the chance that something like that might happen. Yeah. It is unfortunate, and the the bigger issue is that the people that are the, the small minority of people that are out trying to change our names and logos and monikers are so focused on changing a name and a logo that they're losing focus on things that really matter. The things that really matter is a you know the suicide and the alcoholism and clean water and living conditions on reservations and suicide. Take up an issue that they can make a difference with. They seem to not really care about real issues. Well, Um, you know, you go to any reservation and you're going to see the kids walking around with redskin shirts or hats or fighting Sioux or are all of these native images, they have pride in them, and they want to take that pride away now. Absolutely. I'm, uh, excuse me, sorry. I'm jumping in for a moment, if you don't mind, Bob. I've been quiet. Sorry. Uh, First off, one, uh, Eunice, Dave, uh, I wanted to let you guys know, Farmer says hi. Um, (laughs) I want to make sure I do that. I'm sorry we missed him. <laughs> uh, he's, I know he's sorry to have missed you guys as well. So um, yeah, I'm sure he'll definitely be reaching out to you. Yeah, yeah but tell him to. I will. I will make sure I pass that along to him. Uh, sorry I've been so quiet. I've just been sitting back. Um, but to be honest, I had a couple questions for you guys, and then you guys went and actually kind of answered them along um, as you were as you were talking, so I was like, well, okay, I'm just sitting back listening. <laughs> but, um, Eunice, I was wondering, do you, uh, do you have any good Sioux stories for us? Oh, well, I have, I have a lot, but I don't know which, what, what I what could, kind? Get, what, what kind are you looking for? Give me an interesting historical Hmm. Well, you know, um, 
I guess I could tell you a little about a little bit about my family, my own history. Uh, that would be years great. ago when they. Yeah, years ago, my I have a I have a grandfather, great great grandfather, whose name was Oyesna, and that means rattling track in the Sioux language, Oyesna. But anyway, when they when they arrived here, you know the the fort that Fort Totten where they came, they the military or whoever it was told them that you know they had to they wanted to keep track of who was all here and they asked them for some, for some names. They said, you know, just for the record, we're going to have to give you a, a white man's name. The interpreter told them because we don't know how to say your name or write your name, you know. And they asked him, they said, uh, we want you to take one of these names. And they gave him a list of names, Joe, John, William, whatever. And he thought about it for a while and he told the interpreter, he said, you know, he said, tell him they call me Joe. And he said, oh, Okay. And uh, they told me they give him. They always picked out the religious names, so he picked out an Abraham for last name. So they totally became Abrahams. And then they looked to his wife, the interpreter, and they said, "Tell your tell your wife she has for just for namesake for our records she has to take a white woman's name." And they gave her names, Margaret, and you know whatever whatever names they they told her about. And the interpreter asked her, you know, what name she wanted. So she thought about it and. She looked at her husband, and she asked him, and Sue, she said, what name did you take? And then he looked at the interpreter, and the interpreter told her, Joel. So she thought for a while, and she said, you know what? She said, just tell them they can call me Joel, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how the white man's name didn't mean anything to them. You know, I mean, it was not their, their names. But that's one of the stories that was handed down from my grandfather and. uh Jerome Abraham was his name. He was our tribal chairman out here, our tribal chief uh, judge out here for many years on our reservation on Spirit Lake. And, uh, but you know, um, talking about my history, I, I'm, I'm really interested in one of my ancestors. He came from Iowa, and he's, he became very notorious. Notorious, his name for uh, having. He's the one that did that Spirit Lake massacre in Iowa. His name was Inkpaduta. And that means Scarlet Point, the translation. And uh, I just graduated with my undergrad degree from uh, Black Hill State University in December, and I had to write about a write about a three chapter page for my final capstone class. So I wrote about him, and uh, we had to. I had to add lib. I was asking David. I said, I need you, I need your input on all this and your thoughts on this. So I, you know, I didn't know we didn't know too much about him when he was a little boy or how he grew up or anything. But anyway, reading about him, I've, I've been reading many books about him by many different authors, and every one of them really talk about him being nothing but a slaughterer, and he hated white people, and oh God, he just. Yeah, he was just a savage. And then I I started kind of reading other, reading between the lines, and then I found this one book about him, this the author. And uh, he starts right. he wrote about me, really investigated, and here he was talking about, and it's true, I, every other book I've read, the, the white man really liked him. They, he got along good with them when he was in Iowa, and he was respected by many of them, you know, and... And back then when the Europeans were coming over here and coming into the lands and stuff, you know, they the Indians they never they never had this thing where you could knock you had to knock on the door and, you know, ask to be come in. When they and they're in their, their lodges or their teepees, they just walked into their into their teepees. They never did that. 
So they were doing that with the white people, these Europeans. They would just walk into their house and sit down. <laughs> and the people didn't know what to think about it. You know, it was just a cultural difference. But anyway, he did that. He did that with a lot of people. His Dakota, they were called the Dakotas and Dakota Sioux. And, uh, but anyway, they really, he got along with everybody. And, uh, but there, there was a time there in about 1850, I don't know, 1851 or 52, he had a brother, and his name was Sintumini uh, Duta was his brother's name. And he became one of the, like a head chief or a head warrior. But anyway, um, they never fought or anything. They got along good, the two of them. They're both leaders of their tribe. But anyway, at one point, they, uh, I can't remember exactly what happened with uh, Sintu Miniduta, but anyway, he was killed. They killed him. And Inkpaduta was very angry over what happened because they, they, they just recklessly killed him. And Not he, just him, but his... Inkpaduta's mother. And yeah, Inkpaduta's mother and his family. And he wanted some justice for them. He asked the court, you know, asked the, the military, why aren't you going to do something about this? They killed my family, my brother and my mother. and But they never did nothing. And so he just he just let it go. And then then one, one winter they came over and the, the people were kind of afraid of him for whatever reason. I suppose they thought he was going to have vengeance. They came to their camp in November, I think it was, when it was snowing. And, yeah, and anyway, they, and about 1866, but anyway, they took his guns from him. He didn't want to give them up, but he did. He gave them up. And they, uh, he said, how, how are we going to hunt? He said, we have to go out and hunt and, you know, feed our, to feed our tribe. And they, this guy that did that, he didn't care about that. He just had military guy. Anyway, they took his guns away and really made him mad. And he, when they were trying to move around, one of his grandsons, his grandkids, they he starved. They all they were all starving, and one of his grandsons starved to death and died. And that really got really got to him when he saw that. And he'd gotten to the point where they had just driven him, where he'd had enough of it. And that's when he started committing the all the acts of violence and went on a killing spree in Iowa. But, you know, when you look over everything, he he took quite a bit before he went into that rage. And I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not happy with what he did, but I still, um, I could still understand when you understand, hear the whole story and read everything about him. I mean, you can Google him and you'll find anything on, anything on him in Paduta. Um, I, but, yeah. I was actually going to, I was going to say, it's actually nice to hear something, um, you know, I, it was nice to hear something a little bit different. Um, when you brought him up, I, I actually searched him right here, and there's a lot of articles that come up about the massacre and, you know, pretty much everything that was just in a, in a negative sense. But, you know, so it's nice to hear something a little bit different than, you know, the only what they want to you know, put out there. Well, when you look at the whole thing, he was born sometime between 1800 and 1815. We're looking at it. Uh, we've got some official documents and everything from of his children. So one of them being born in 1821. So he couldn't have been 
born in 1815 because he'd only been six years old when he had his first child. So, But going back to when, back to the around 1800, and then you start piecing together. 1825, the government came in and made sense. It says, let's divide this up because your, your intertribal warfare be Sioux and the Fox and the Sock and the, and the Chippewa and all that. Why don't we divide up this area? This will be yours and this will be yours and this will be yours. And that way you don't have to keep killing each other. And it made sense. And, <clears throat> and the tribes went along with it. Yeah, this sounds good. But the thing is, the tribe that Ink Paduta uh, belonged to, they were in Iowa, southwestern Iowa, or northwestern Iowa. But anyway, they're right next to the the Sock and the Fox, who were their mortal enemies. And when they made this agreement, they didn't talk to the uh, Ink Paduta's father, who was the chief then. Uh, but anyway, in 18... 18- 29, they signed this agreement and that, and they don't talk to them, but anyway, the Sox started raiding them. So this, they were Wapakute is what they were. Anyway, this, this chief, uh, the head chief of the Wapakute, signed that agreement without talking to these other smaller bands, and they were just kept getting slaughtered by the Fox in this fox and the sock and then they'd retaliate but this was a government that came in and wanted to do something good but it turned out horrible and then uh, in 1851 they sell the the Dakota sell their land in the southern half of Minnesota and into Iowa but they didn't talk to Ink Paduta and his uh, band and that uh, read all over a symbol of Duta. They didn't talk to them, but they just went ahead and sold their land. So, I mean, this is getting them kind of upset too. How can you sell my land? And that's part of the reason why he's down there at uh, Spirit Lake, Iowa. That's his their territory. They have never sold it and everything, but and then this this town. They surround his, his camp, take away all his weapons, and tell them to get out of there. And it's the records show that it was one of the coldest winters. It was 20 below zero, and it had a lot of snow. And they told him, get out of here. And he said, where do we go, and how can we feed ourselves? You're, you're taking our weapons and that. And they said, they didn't care. Just get out of here. Go to Fort Dodge. It's 60-some miles away. In the winter, walking, no horses and that. They just can't do it. But that was the last straw that broke. And when you look at all of the things that happened to Ink Paduta and his band, his people, you have to ask yourself, what took him so long? He was friends to the whites. There's many of the Indian agents from 1820 on to 1851 that talked about him, such a good man and honorable, peace, peaceful man and... But the Indian agents, the missionaries, and all of them talk had nothing but good words to about him. But then after he finally the the straw that broke the camel's back, and he went on the warpath. 
And he went through every major battle that the Sioux ever had, including Little Bighorn. He was there, too. But you have to ask yourself, what took him so long? I know that I couldn't have done it. No, I I no, I wouldn't be able to do it either. That's incredible wow. story. It really is. It really is. And I I want to thank you for sharing that with us. I I really do. I appreciate that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here. We talk every single week about education, not eradication. You have heard it on a new segment. Granted, we are trying it out. See how it goes. Eunice and Dave brought some education to you today, gave you some history, and I, I've learned. I know I've learned quite a bit. I've got some notes. I'm going to be doing some research. Bob, I'm pretty sure you're probably doing the same thing, just jotting stuff down and writing. But uh, definitely, Dave, Eunice, I really want to thank you for coming on the show with us this week. And uh, giving us a nice history lesson. It was definitely well, an honor you. to have you guys on. Yeah, honor and well, a thank privilege. you. It's our honor to to be asked. Yeah. So well, there's any look, questions or anything? Like, no. Oh, most definitely. Um, I like I said earlier, I had four, five, six questions wrote down, and uh, you know, as you guys were were talking, you just kind of were knocking them out like you already knew what I was going to ask and I was like well okay <laughs> you, you were just answering them as it went so you guys were on a pretty good roll there <laughs> you get us going sometimes we don't know when to when to slow it down <laughs> well you you went five for five with my questions so yeah I that, that's pretty impressive when you know you guys didn't even know what my questions were, so that's that's awesome. But most definitely, we want to thank you once again for coming on the show. It was an honor. It was a privilege to have you, and definitely look forward to having you guys on again soon. But um, yeah, thank you. Until then, absolutely. Oh, thank you. Much. Um, I'd like to say one other thing before you end this, and. And we've been really working with the Illini in uh, Illinois, yes. the fighting Illini. One thing that is really upsetting to me, the Illini was made up of a number of tribes, not just the Peoria tribe. But the Peoria tribe, because of they, they were moved, anyway, they're down in Oklahoma now. And they want the Illini removed. Well, I guess some of them are starting to change their mind. But they're having troubles, and I can understand it, but they're having troubles with the mascot. And it is definitely a mascot, no matter how you look at it, what they're trying to, some of them, a handful, are trying to save there. And I understand what they're trying to do and everything, but it is a mascot, and it is not... Uh, fitting, I do not think. But the fighting Illini uh, symbol, there is nothing wrong with that. And that needs to be saved because the Illini belong in Illinois. That's where they came from. And it needs to be stated that why should tribes in Oklahoma or Washington or 
why should uh, Germans over in Germany be able to tell you, no, you can't have that? I mean, it's not right. Mm-hmm. And right. all they do is take away Indian pride. Yeah, so Dave, the, the Illini um, mascot, we had uh, Ivan and Omar Dozier on a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, we met them when we were there, and I like Ivan. I have a lot of respect for him. But yeah, and they were t- pushing something that is not going to work. Yeah, they were telling us, though, that you actually had to do some studying and learn a dance and learn history in order to become the performer. Yeah, there's a long, there's there's a lot that goes involved with uh, the education and background before you can even come close to that. Yeah, exactly. So at least on some level there, you you have to have a knowledge of uh, the dance and why you're doing it and and who did it before you. So I guess this is this is the fine line between mascots and non-mascots. It's definitely a mascot. It is a person wearing uh, garb, right? So it's definitely a mascot by definition. Yeah. I I, kind of have a problem with saying it's unacceptable because they do have to learn history and they have to to pass a test, if you will, to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure how you feel about that. Well, now we brought dancers down there, actual tribal dancers, and to show the difference in it. And it is night and day. It is. But anytime you have a non-Indian dressing up in Indian garb and regalia and not knowing what he's doing, getting out there, that's it's not right. Having a Native American do authentic dance, now that is, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, Dave, let me ask you this. What about a, what about someone not Native American learning the authentic dance and then performing that way? And not really, it's, it's not, I mean, and still, and still, a le- paying a tribute and and level of re- a certain level of respect to Native Americans without without being disrespectful in any way. Now Ivan is Native, actually. Yeah. And so have- and, and I will say, let me say it this way: one of the tribal historians up here. He just talked to so many people for and and got so much information. I mean, he he speaks the language and everything. He's from New York, though, and he's married to a, a full blood on the reservation. They've been married for well over 50 years, and he's collected so much talking to the elders and that. And he gets out and he dances in the powwows. But he could not lead the powwow because he's a white man. And I don't know, and personally, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but personally, anybody that's not a Native American pretending to do that, that to me, it's not right. But, but, but that's just my opinion on it. Now, now, is it pretending, though, or is it paying homage? Portraying. 
Or portraying, yes. I mean, well, because I I don't I don't really look at it as I don't really look at it as um, I don't really look at it as like trying to impersonate or anything like that. I mean, I kind of look at it as a uh, like 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 I said, paying a homage to, you know, a like like a respect. It's a level of respect and doing so. Now, now if the dance, if the dance is like you said, is is like day and night. And they were to learn the proper the proper dance, one hundred percent accurate. Then, with Ivan still being native, but even if it wasn't even even if it was a white man, would he, would you still consider it disrespectful? Even if it's one hundred percent accurate, and and they're doing it in a le- to a level of respect. It's it's well, not just a job me, for them. Well, let me give you two two uh, points of thought. Al Jolson in the twenties was paying homage to the blacks when he painted himself up. He meant well, but nobody would dare do that today. Agreed. And the Florida Seminoles have an Indian riding that horse. And I have no problem with that. But they used to have a white man doing it. And they changed it to, to an American Indian. I believe that no matter how much we want to pay, you, you can't imagine how much respect I have for Native Americans, Matt. And I'm a full-blood Norwegian married to a full-blood Sioux for, it'll be 50 years this summer. I have an Indian name. I have done so many things. I've worked on the reservation. I've worked with all the people. But I cannot speak for a Native American. I can speak with them, but I can't speak for them. Now, that's that's just where I'm coming from, and I may be wrong on that. But that's how I feel. That if it's going to be Native Americans representing Native Americans, it has to be Native American. Well... Sir, I, I definitely uh, I definitely respect and appreciate your your thoughts on that. I really do. Um, yeah, Ivan is Native American. Why isn't he the one doing it? I'm I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Well, well he Steven, did. Why, Ivan was, yeah, he uh, was. Did. yeah, he's no longer in college anymore. No, I spoke with Ivan too. But you know. Um, I guess kind of the way that I kind of look at this thing is, you know, we've always, uh, we we fought the opposition to keep our name and images and symbols. And them having their chief, their chief dancing out like that, to me, that's a mascot. And that's what, that's what feeds into the opposition. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. And, uh, you know, as a Native American myself, we had a, we had a mascot at our local school, and he was Indian, and he did the dance and everything. But some people had complained about that, so they quit that. We have a logo now. I know you've seen our black or our our Four Winds Indians logo. It's beautiful, drawn by an Indian, one of our natives out here. So yeah, you know, I I, well, I don't know what. You know, all I can say they, is that mas- mascot does feed into the into the opposition. 
Well, Dave, Eunice, it was great talking to you. It really was. And and once again, we appreciate you guys coming on the show. And uh, it's it's been a it's been a blast. And I would like yeah, to ask, uh, ask that maybe in the future we could have you back on to talk a, a little bit more about um, uh, maybe the same thing or maybe something different, whatever you choose. Uh, you guys are a wealth of knowledge, and we're just trying to tap into it and share it with everyone. I've I've been looking forward to this for a couple a week or so, two weeks. I forget when I actually contacted you, Eunice, and uh, I'm just tickled to death that you came on the show. It's to, to hear you and Dave speak is always a privilege, and I'm a little bit starstruck. Let me tell you, that's that's kind of the way I feel. So thank you <laughs> so much for coming on the show. Well, we'd like to get some questions from your audience so that we can answer because that's the only way you can get beyond this is uh, talking to people. Absolutely. Oh, and I will most definitely, on, and I'm sure. I will reach out to our audience on our Facebook page, and I will do my very best to generate some questions. Maybe we can schedule something, uh, I don't know, two, three weeks from now and have you back on, and that will give people time to prep some questions, and that would be fantastic. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah, that's the best way to get beyond this thing. Yeah. Yeah, so just let us know, and it's uh, it's been good being on the show. Enjoy talking to you guys. Most Start definitely. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you guys again. Yep. Thank you. You well, thank guys. Thank you. Have a good night. You do the Bye-bye. same. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wow. Brian, I'm blown away. <laughs> yeah. I I think that's a I think that's an understatement. But uh well, Bob, man. We got we got to take a break, bub. So yeah, absolutely. We, we'll we'll be back right after this. And uh, wrap this up. Yes, sir. We'll be back right after this. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us. 
we're unstoppable. Forward momentum and we ain't gonna stop. Cause I find the addicts. Cause I forward momentum. I gotta have it. Have at it. Not half a screwed at the next bend. Ten times bro, gotta grab it. By the scruff of the neck, ring it out. End up as a wreck, work it out. Gotta keep it in check, sing it out. That's the name of the game, that's what life's about. To reflect with the best of them. That's what you like to call life tests, I guess. When you cry, when you press, I said, that's what I like to call life tests, you mesh. Ah, what a sesh. But if you still see rain, then you need to digest. What I put in your brain like a pill, it'll make you insane. I'm the Shaquille. What puts you here? Who do you think you are? You're the highest man here? Well, that's a start. Look around. Take it in. We take it all. Now sit back, watch begin. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us, bro. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. It's our mission and we're ready to rock, yeah. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us, bro. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. Forward momentum and we ain't gonna stop. Run this town like Jay-Z and Kanye. Me and Pablo doing it the only way. The temptation, we're firing our eyes. Getting closer to that one true prize from the honesty of a hip-hop prodigy. I keep telling myself, nothing's gonna stop me for that dream to make it come true. That's why we speak the truth in the booth. Yeah, we spit truth, call us the criers. We sing loudly, so call us the choir. Me and Muggsy, born in the fire. No pad and pen, yeah, that's all we require. And the booth, to spit truth. And the crowd to rock, raise your hands to the roof. You can't stop us now, to turn up the track. Let's hear it loud, yeah. You can't stop us, we're unstoppable. You can't stop us, bro, we're unstoppable. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. It's our mission and we're ready to rock, yeah. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us, bro. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. Forward momentum and we ain't gonna stop. Welcome back to the Beating Drum right here on RadioAFS.com, Fatboy Media, DRCP Army. Um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We just had a very long segment with uh, Dave and Eunice, and it was great talking to them. Uh, got a great history lesson from them. It was really, it was really interesting, um, really knowledgeable. I, I heard some, I heard some things that I didn't know. I learned, I learned a little bit tonight. So, and I'm Bob. I'm sure you did as well. Absolutely. Um, real quick, I know I said this earlier in the show, but I want to make sure you guys know. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you guys check us out on Facebook and Twitter. You can search the show. It's it's called The Beating Drum. You already know that. You're listening to it. Make sure you guys give us a like, give us a share, follow us, keep up on everything that we're posting, keep up on everything that we put out there. That way you guys are up to date and informed. Education is key. Education is the most important thing that you can have. Knowledge is power. Make sure you guys check that out. Also, Anytime you guys feel free and you guys want to call in, let your voice be heard. You guys do not have to give your name. It is 100% completely confidential on here. Please feel free. Call in. We want to hear you. We want to hear what you have to say. The number you can do that at is 646-668-8467. And with that being said, Bob, we do have a caller. I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. This is, I'd like to welcome 
to the beating drum, Trucker JJ. How you doing, sir? Hey, brother. How y'all doing? Uh, I'm great really well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wait till somebody answer. Give somebody a moment to answer the question. For that, I apologize. But what can I say? I got Southern Heritage. All right. And I thought, I mean, when I first heard about the Redskins thing, that generally happened. That generally, every time the Redskins won the Super Bowl in the early '90s which wasn't often, but it was enough. Then, of course, I'm like, what is the big deal? And every now th- at that point, I was living in uh, in Nevada, where we had, you know, Native Americans roaming around all over the place. I mean, that was a place to go to get your cigarettes because you didn't have to pay most of the taxes. Okay? And I was asking their opinion, and it was like, no, they're not offended by it. Yes, the term redskin was not, was right up there with a few other choice words that we've all heard, but now... It's not so much, and it's like I've heard from several sources that it's like they're trying to eliminate the fact that they ever existed, and it's like that's bullshit. I mean, that sounds it, but it sounds just like the same thing they're doing with the Confederate statues. It's the same thing. Tell me how it's different. And the story she told, I thought was great. One where the they were uh, the one army. A colonel or general, or whoever it was, and and the suit held him off. The, the everybody else could escape. I thought that was excellent. And so, ma'am, if you're still listening, I thought that was great. Or was that the guy that told that kind of the guy that was kind of wrapped up the story? <laughs> and a great quote that the guy came up with was, "Who the hell can have pride if all you ever heard is you're a victim?" I mean, I'm saving that one. I'm going to paste it on Facebook and, uh, and on your website, on uh, Beating Drum here in a little bit. But, wow, that's one of those things that just kind of bust you in the mouth and say, how do you like me now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it sounds like somebody was motivated there, Bob. Yeah. It's, now, I mean, okay, we all know that Native Americans had a lot to do with our early history, and there's not a whole lot of talk about it in the school. There's not a whole lot told about in schools in the 80s, and I'm pretty sure there's probably nothing told about it now with the political correct crap they got going on, but let's just leave that for another show. Okay. Now, I mean, you see involvement in everything between the Revolutionary War up to that, you know, you had the French and Indian Wars and all that, and then you had their involvement in, in just about all of the, what I call, domestic wars since. It wasn't a whole lot there in the war between the states, but there was some. Because mostly, you know, you joined this, mostly scouting was pretty much the, how the history books have it written. Now, I have no other facts to dispute that. But it's just sort of weird how little is taught about it. And it's also crazy the fact that what little is remaining, and they won't remove. And that's got to stop. I'm slowly getting. I'm going to go ahead and stop now. I'll shut up for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, you want to touch? You want you want to touch on that? <laughs> well. Bob, quit texting. Pay attention here, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That is part of the problem, returning uh, messages and trying to listen at the same time is kind of my uh, my Achilles heel. But you're well, there is a reason. 
that history. God gave you two ears and one mouth. Yes, <laughs> you're right. History, history. Uh, I want to say history books change and they change and they change, but a history book is only as good as the person that's writing it. So, if actual history was reported, we would have heard a lot of different things through life. I mean, we're just learning now through declassified files that Hitler did not die in Germany. We don't know where he died, but we know he was in Argentina. So what do we not know about history, the way the government actually pulled things off? You know, we don't know. We really don't know. So you have to dig, and you have to educate yourself. How do you do that when the history books have been written in a way that hides the truth? Does that make yep. sense? Okay. Oh, absolutely. Funny thing is, um, history teachers were fond of telling us that in World War II, the only thing that black folks do was cook. And that was a predominant, but that wasn't always. Next thing I know, that I go to uh, Venice Junior High, I pop open a history book, I got one of the brothers sitting there holding a bomb that's about to go into a cannon, and then he called it, and it has written on there, Hitler's Easter eggs. And I thought that was great. I was saying, hey, the brothers were just in there right next to everybody else. <laughs> you know. So you've got what we're told, and from, that's what those shows on the History Channel who is going to make damn good and clear that we don't forget about World War II, at least they did in the 90s, I haven't watched it recently, well, are so really good about bringing on World War II veterans and telling the stories from people who were there. Right, and this is part of the reason I'd like to start this, this history segment on the show, because mm-hmm. stories that have been handed down generation to generation about Native American history are probably... 99% more accurate than what we're taught in history books. And let's just face it now, there's a lot missing from the history books to begin with. So we have to mm. take it at value. And, you know, our government <laughs> has been absolutely horrible to the indigenous people of the land we live on. I mean, we as a government, went a full-out genocide on on them. And it's not fair, it's not right, it never should have happened. It should have been done completely differently, but we're thinking today, in hindsight, it's always twenty twenty. Right. I'm sure in hindsight, Winston Churchill probably would have thought of, you know, giving up the East Coast lobby to Hitler would have been a really bad idea. But, you know, he done what he thought was right for his people, being the British people. Yeah, it didn't work out. Sure. And all sorts of things didn't work out. And when the early 90s, when the Western was, TV shows were making a resurgence, there was, I think, probably more truth there than in the history books. But then again, it's Hollywood, so it's hard to say. But it's just one of those things that you yeah and there's, there's, a, a lot of, there's a lot more issues yeah. um, that, that tail the issues of the issues of uh, 
alcoholism and suicide and reservations, they're all, in my mind right now, they're all generated because of our government. That land is not owned, quote-unquote, on paper, and I'm quoting myself, by natives. Why, why is that reservation not owned by that tribe, by that nation? I mean, these nations need to own their own land. It was their land to begin with. We came in and we, using warfare, conquered and overtook them. And But we did it so angrily and so evilly. You know, is that even a word, evilly? But um, just today. It, it is right now. I mean, there was no worse evil than giving them blankets contaminated with disease. Right. Taking their guns away uh, and then slaughtering them because they were using their uh, – they used their best judgment to say we we're okay, we we're good guys. Yeah, give your guns up. It's okay. Yep, we'll take care of you. Oh, they hand their weapons over and then we slaughter them. That is wrong. That is wrong. Mm-hmm. That is flat-out Hitler wrong. So, you know, it all comes back to perspective where the person writing the history book writes it the way that he wants it or she wants it to be remembered. So we need to, we need this history segment. We need people to call in. We need people to step up and give us real history. Let's bring everything to light. Exactly. And that's just one of those things that has to happen. And the thing is, we, the interesting thing about us, social media, it's a lot of these, I don't want to, I always thought the term Native American was the only politically correct term I dug, but that I could really make sense to me. However, I've been recently uh, informed that most Native Americans prefer Indian. When I moved to, Rem- to Reno, Nevada, I told them I was from Indiana. First thing I asked me, are there any Indians there? I go, well, not as far as I know. But as it turns out, yeah, there's a couple of reservations still here in Indiana. But uh, it's All that right. education thing. How are we doing? We're wrapping it up, are you, bud? Yes, sir. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. JJ, I want to thank you for calling in, buddy. Not a problem. I got a big mouth, and you know me. It's, it, there you go. <laughs> but good show, guys. Well done. And to your main, main speakers, I thought that was great. And thank you for the Most next quote. Most definitely, sir. <laughs> All right, brother. Most definitely. Thank you later. for calling in. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, Bob... This was an interesting show, to say the least. Yes, it was. We had uh, we had a lot of beef to chew on, and we missed a couple things. It's just the way it is. But I am extremely happy with the turnout, and I'm very, very um, honored that Dave and Eunice took so much time with us to give us their thoughts and their history and family stories and their thoughts. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait till uh, I get to find someone for next week now. So that's my next task. Um, you know, maybe I contact uh, Mr. Dozier, or 
Mr. or Ivan or Omar, maybe have them back on because uh, it's an interesting story that's going on out there in Illinois, and uh, I'd like to hear more about the portrayers and the, what they actually need to do to become a portrayer, whether you're native or not. Uh, I think I think a mascot tastefully done that isn't goofy or silly, in my eyes, and I'll disagree with Dave on this, but in my eyes is okay as long as Native Americans agree on it. So, you know, that's a... Uh, well, you know, and, and I think that would be awesome, too. You know, we we here at the Beating Drum, we support the chief. We support the chief 100%. We've got your back. We are here, and that's what we do. That's what we've been here. That's what we're here about, and we love the chief. So, yes, by all means, I, I'd love to have him back on the show. He's a great guy. He's got a lot of great insight on a lot of things. So most definitely it's something that we need to look forward to. But, yes, um, we definitely need to look into that. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll take that. That's no problem. What's that? I will take care of that. That's no problem. Sounds like a plan to me, sir. Um, well, Bob – it is time to wrap this up. Um, it's been a fun show. It's been an interesting show. But it is that time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Beating Drum right here on Radio AFS. Make sure you guys follow us on Facebook, Twitter. We are on social media. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Please call in. Tune in every Saturday, 6 p.m. on the East Coast, 3 p.m. on the West Coast, and uh, – we're here every week. Feel free to call in and talk to us. Give us your thoughts. Give us your opinions. And uh, please, don't be afraid to let your voice be heard. The Beating Drum is the premier Native American radio show in America that is preserving positive Native American imagery in sports and mainstream. As many communities across the country have been targeted by groups like the Not Your Mascots, the NAACP, and many others to change the names and icons of their beloved sports teams by falsely claiming these names and images are racist and derogatory towards Native Americans. It's time we bring the fight to these groups and help communities by educating them to the truth as well as dispelling the misinformation being presented to them. We cannot do this alone. We are, here, we are here reaching out for your help. Call in. Let your voice be heard. Educate, not eradicate, and never back down. Trying to make something People push down and we keep on running Walk through the storm, walk through the wall Bust through, say we're taking it all We're going for our dream, can't stop this team Rushing in and we're changing this scene You think you can stop our movement glory But we're standing tall in the story I'm sick of these people being disrespectful Can't see 
we're working hard, it's a mental. All around the clock, it's never endful. You can't do the same, so don't step to us in a crew. Step one, step two. We wanted this from the start, so we're coming through. In your streets, bringing that hardcore beat. Making that movement from under your feet. From always something new. Hate is what you're gonna do. You're gonna look stupid on what you tried to prove. Because we're pumped in on your block. Standing now, hear my message when we're ready to drop. Yeah. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us, bro. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. It's our mission and we're ready to rock. Yeah. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us, bro. We're unstoppable. You can't stop us. We're unstoppable. Forward momentum and we ain't gonna stop. Cause I find me an addict. Cause I forward momentum. I gotta have it. 